Right now, weeds everywhere are shaking in their roots. Because right now at the Home Depot, the full lineup of Roundup weed and insect killers is now up to 20 bucks off. The more you buy, the more you save. Time to stock up. From front yards to flower beds, weeds are headed your way, which is why you should be headed our way. Today is the day for doing, with up to 20 bucks off Roundup products. Now at the Home Depot, more saving, more doing. While supplies last, selection varies by store. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. From my laboratory. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to your favorite one-stop shop for horror news, spooky stories, real-life tales of the unexplained monsters at midnight. Brought to you courtesy of the Zima Podcasting Network. I'm your host, your favorite escaped madman, loose on the airwaves, terrorizing your eardrums, Matt Schaefer. Welcome to the April edition of the show. And join with me always, we have the professor himself, who is flipping the switches, reanimating the show in his laboratory. Graham Zima, how are you today? I am doing splendid. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) I don't know who I was saying welcome to. Welcome to the listeners. Welcome. Welcome back. I am Graham Zima. It is Monsters at Midnight. <laughs> We're just banging on all cylinders now. And joined with us again, because she is fantastic, the groovy ghoulette from the north, Jolyn Dormady. How are you today, miss? I'm great. I'm glad you added the, the from the north bit. That seems appropriate. See, I did that when Will was on the show back in October. I said the woolly wolf man of the north or something oh, like great. that. Um but yeah, this is the April edition of the show. If you're living in Wisconsin, fuck this April we've been having. Yeah. There is like this is bullshit even for Wisconsin standards. But today it's fucking beautiful. It is beautiful. It's finally the weather is actually starting to feel like what it should feel like. Sometimes it snows in April, but this is fucking ridiculous. We've got a pretty good show for you lined up <laughs> as always. And as always, I'd like to remind you that uh, there is a slew, an array even, of great shows on the Zima Podcasting Network, including Music Sucks, hosted by Eddie something. <laughs> Aaron Hurster. Aaron Hurst. <laughs> no, most, most people have a problem pronouncing that name. I don't name. know why I thought Eddie. All right. <laughs> We, uh, we're moving on from that. Uh, we also have time to adapt, adapt uh, with Max Schaefer, and I can never remember her name either. Selena Allen. Selena. Wow. I almost. I might as well do these plugs. Yeah. And then there's there's uh, living the dream with uh, Grum Zumo, <laughs> and just yeah. listen to them. They're great people. I swear to you. No matter how. The problem is, like, I've never met Eddie, so that's why I didn't know his name. Aaron? Is that who we were talking about? (laughs) Yeah. No, Eddie. Obviously, Eddie. And I don't really know Selena that well, so that's why I I shouldn't be allowed on this show. But we're going to do it anyway. Welcome back. So bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn out the lights. Monsters at Motherfucking Midnight rides again for April. Is it bolt your windows and lock your doors? Something like that, yeah. Do something to both your doors and your windows. Yeah, you do windows gonna... bolt? Break open your windows and <laughs> kick down your door. Anyway, we're going to start off. In uh, late March, it was announced that another uh, big uh, movie is going to be added to the list of movies adapted for the stage. And not only just the stage, Broadway. The theater. The theater. Oh, we love the theater. Um, And we're talking about Beetlejuice, 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 the Tim Burton 1989 cult classic starring Michael Keaton, a very young Alec Baldwin, and a host of others. Winona Ryder. Yeah. Love me some Winona Ryder. Have you guys seen Heathers? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? I bet Graham hasn't. (laughs) I have not. I've heard of some of the music from it. I haven't seen. I don't know anything about the musical. Oh, okay. I'm, right, the, yeah. I'm talking about the movie it's based Honestly, off. Honestly, like I really, really like that movie, but for whatever reason, like maybe it's just. I think it's the acting. Just not into it. it like I can't watch it too often. Like Heather's. I like, yeah. Who's in Heather's again? Well, Winona Ryder and uh, Christian Slater. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I think that's the point, it. though. It's kind of like a precursor to Mean Girls, where like you're supposed to like kind of hate everyone. Yeah. But. 
Only the difference is Heather's is a well-written movies, and Mean Girls is garbage. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I, disagree, but I know let's, everyone let's does. Anyone, everyone That's does. Fine. Anyway, we Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice is uh, being adapted into a musical. It has been announced that two-time Tony nominee Alex Timbers, famous for Mozart in the Jungle, is on board to direct. There is no casting information released. But uh, uh, we do have some information on the production itself. It's going to be produced by Warner Brothers Theater Ventures and Langley Park Productions. The musical will feature an original score by Eddie Perfect of King Kong and a book by Scott Brown and Anthony King of Broad City. Connor Gallagher, the robber bridegroom, will uh, famous for the robber bridegroom. He is not himself a robber bridegroom. <laughs> will choreograph. The scenic design will be by David Corrins of Hamilton fame. Costumes by William Ivy Long of The Producers. Lighting design by Kenneth Posner of Kinky Boots. Sound design by Peter Hylinski of Frozen. Projection design by Peter Negrini of Dear Evan Hansen. Puppet design by Michael Curry of The Lion King. Special effects by Jeremy Chernick of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child and illusions, in quotation marks, by Michael Weber of Forrest Gump. Illusions. Illusions. I know that a guy from Forrest Gump is, is handling illusions. Yeah, the biggest illusion was giving Tom Hanks polio. Hmm. Um, I've never seen Forrest Gump. <laughs> uh, so, we open up the topic of discussion. What are our thoughts on a Beetlejuice musical? Graham, start with you, since you look thrilled. Well, by the uh, names that are attached to it, all the people behind in terms of the crew and everything, that's what crew is, I don't know why, people behind the scenes, that that's some of the, the best in the business, it sounds like. I mean, Dear Evan Hansen just swept the Tonys about a year ago. Uh, I didn't even know that. I mean, somebody, yeah, I mean, bring Graham here. it was kind of one of those phenomenal... Uh, it got the attention that like Hamilton got right, yeah. when it was in its peak. People involved in the Lion King. That yeah, that yeah, was what struck me. Like yeah. really... I mean, just across the board, there's a lot of talented people behind it, so it looks like they're putting all of their, you know, investment into it. So I mean, who knows how it's actually gonna translate? Well only time is gonna tell, but I for right now they're putting themselves in the best position to have a lot of success. I enjoy Beetlejuice a lot. I think it's a really fun movie i know that they were rumored to do a sequel at one point correct? i think that's pretty much been uh is canceled that kind of, yeah because what it came down to was uh michael keaton said he would do it but not without tim burton and oh. i don't think tim burton really has a desire to do well it. what other yeah. story can you really i mean that's not true there's always a story to tell if you go for it but i i don't know i feel like the first one really resolved itself nicely. It was just like a nice, simple, fun movie to watch around Halloween time. There, there was yeah. never a moment where I was like, "I got to see what happens next." Sequel. Well, that's a, and that's, but that's but that's sequel culture show. in general. There was I guess. there was a cartoon series. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, that that probably kind of exhausts yeah. a lot of options. That's true. And what's uh, the strange thing about Beetlejuice is it's really like uh, it's really like a Blue Moon sort of thing. Like Beetlejuice. Doesn't have much of a story, like it. I mean, it has a story that's serviceable, but it doesn't make like a whole lot of sense. It's just kind of this goofy, offbeat movie that, if it didn't have Tim Burton or Michael Keaton's charisma attached to it, it wouldn't have worked. That's fair. That I I, I can definitely see where you're coming from. So it's like, and I that's mean, what. I, I think the storyline following the couple that's like dead and them having to face the afterlife and like how they're going to handle that, I think that was a good addition. Because it's like if you already have, you know, the idea of Beetlejuice where it's like this ghost that, you know, can ca be called mm -hmm. into like the, the human world, you know, the living world, then I mean, what better way to sort of like cross that border than with a couple who's freshly dead and don't even know they're dead yet? Yeah, it's probably the best script ever written. Now that she brings <laughs> okay, it up, come on, I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, I see what you mean. I'm just all I meant was that it's like it's just a it's just a weird movie. Yeah, like, and yeah, it's not like it's a it's weird. It's a Tim movie. Burton movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna have a plot. It's gonna have a story, but but it's the more way it about tells like that visual story. and right. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. atmosphere, which is uh, which I think which again it's like it's one of those things. It's and that's the thing with Tim Burton's early catalog. I would say uh. I mean, Batman 
Batman, as much as I love the first Batman, doesn't have an incredible story. It's actually a basic retelling of the Joker origin story, and then the Joker just does Joker-type shit, and Batman needs to stop him. Like, yeah, but I feel that that's it's what really makes it adaptation of that. You know, I think now that we have, I'm just like saying that like Tim Burton's and, early film ca- catalog was more about style over substance, right. but like a successful example of stuff. Reason why his early stuff, his newer stuff, isn't quite as successful is because he's exhausted his style and the well, substance. I mean, he's delved in other areas. Like Big Eyes was pretty successful. I didn't see Big Eyes it was, actually. It was. I'm beautiful. more thinking of like Dark Shadows. I know. Didn't oh do well, well, I mean, that's like a fucking weird ass movie to True. try to do. Dark like, Shadows a film didn't based do well. That soap opera, you know. His Alice. I almost said oh, Alice in Chains. Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland movie oh. didn't do well. Did he do the sequel? Or no, was that someone else? That was, that was something different. No, oh, he did not. Okay. Okay. He, might Honestly, have pre- he might have produced it. I didn't like that movie And probably produced it very no, much from the sidelines. No, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people did not like his Alice in Wonderland. A lot of people don't like his Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. We were just talking yeah, about it I don't really care night. for it. The thing is, I okay, I don't like the vibe that he brought to it, but I like that he stayed true to the play and the book that's that's exactly closely. what we were talking about last night but it's also like, like how can you have willy wonka without gene wilder like it's not the same well yeah gene wilder like is he, is that well it's it's he, also they painted themselves into a corner because they did uh tackle something that was so iconic and beloved yeah that's an interesting point you bring up Jolin, about the adaptation aspect because i feel like every time i talk about the tim burton charlie and the chocolate factory that's kind of the the common consensus is that is, and I agree, it's like the most accurate adaptation we've had. Yeah. But I guess I I want to ask you, like, is that more important than making like? Because I think that the Charlie and Chocolate Factory is just not a well-made movie per se. No, like, I, I f- and I'll agree with you there because like I I didn't mean to cut you off, but I feel like I kind of I don't know. But- no, I was just gonna ask like, is that m- what is more important to you? I mean, I'm sure it's like one of those things. It's kind of like a a movie to movie basis or a book to book basis like what what do you want to see more like a more accurate adaptation or just a better movie but if it's it's not so close to the original source material well it's like i i definitely liked the first like the willy wonka and the chocolate factory yeah. gene wilder if you don't you're a nazi that's all there is okay, to that's it. a bit much maybe. I, I know a few people that don't like it for whatever reason i think <sighs> I, I don't know what it is i think it's it's the I, tunnel, I don't know. It's the tunnel scene. They got oh, scared it's, it's as a kid, horrifying. and they were our bitches about it. They can't since. remember the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they're just deeply unsettled by that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I think um, it does depend because like when I first saw Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I did really like it because that was when I was like super into Tim Burton, and like so I was willing to see that style and be into it, and I you know. I like that it was like still a, it was like a musical and it was you know or like yeah I don't good know good old Danny Elfman he, yeah he always brings it because like, he adapted those songs those mm-hmm. Oompa Loompa songs that were in the book and yeah, like actually the play, put yeah. them into music mm-hmm. so it's like so stuff like that I really did like um but I, I think my biggest issue was you know the the general like now that I now when I watch it, I don't like that Tim Burton that Tim Burton vibe to it because it was supposed to be like I mean it's a Roald Dahl book, you yeah. know? Like Roald Dahl is so like whimsical and that's, sweet. And, and that's what like, I was gonna bring up is like the original Willy Wonka is so it's so cheery. Like mm-hmm. even though it's a factory, it's like sunny, everything looks nice. Yeah. And it has the, like creepy aspects, which I think was appropriate. Right. But it's not like it, it doesn't encompass everything throughout the film, which I think and is I think, good. And also just, like, I think the fact that that movie came out in, like, 1974 or whatever helps it because mm-hmm. it's right. so vibrant and so colorful. Then Charlie the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory versus Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, everything is, like, just not nice to look at. Like, no. I mean, I get, like, Charlie Bucket lives in poverty, but the world is so gray. I also, I do and like... I do remember high, it was a very, like, like grim... He is, he's good in it. But, like, you go, it's like, everything is so gray, which is fine, mm-hmm. but then when you go into the f- chocolate factory, everything needs to be exciting, and it's not. Mm-hmm. There's colors, but it's still, like, it's very it's industrial. It's a very grim color palette. Yeah. It's very industrial. It's very muted. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a place that I would want to go to like the original one does. Mm-hmm. Also, the addition of, um, like, Willy Wonka's dad. 
that was weird it didn't feel that 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 was to me the worst part of the movie and that's what it just felt so tacked on it is really very strange yeah it's it's like the most tim burton part of that movie well yeah it's because well yeah i mean well i feel like tim burton chris really is great tim burton always does that too he did that with edward scissorhands too it was like there's always some weird like father figure dynamic that so i think it says a little bit about tim burton i was just gonna say well every main character has got sunken eyes and pale skin he's just like pours himself into his and like that's not necessarily a bad thing yeah um and as much as I love Johnny Depp, like he's one of my favorite actors, I hate everything that he does in that movie. That's yeah. like he fucking well, sucks in yeah, that I movie. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that angle at all. I like, don't get it. Like I get he's like oh he's like child trapped in an adult's body, but he's just he doesn't he's act obnoxious. like a child. He's he's yeah. some, like an obnoxious kid, Gene like Wilder kid that you wouldn't want to hang out with. Gene yeah. Wilder was like encompassed that entire movie because he was just so charismatic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, we can point to the tunnel scene; it's creepy and all. But overall, yeah. there was like this genuine heart behind his character that you really feel throughout its entirety. But like, it also makes sense that like he would be a little unhinged, and why he like starts screaming and he has that tunnel. It's like he's yeah. a recluse. He's a hermit he lives yeah. by himself johnny depp it's like okay he's a recluse and a hermit and that like it, it like <laughs> fucked him up and like yeah. he shouldn't because like that's the thing is you want to go with the chocolate you want to get that golden ticket that's the problem with that movie is you get the golden ticket but you don't feel like you've like won anything yeah. you go in there and I everything looks gross that. and like the oompa loompas just look like a small man that they made even smaller the oompa loompas aren't they don't even look like fantastical the oompa loompas are fucking lame in the new one right and then you don't want to hang out with willy wonka because he's gonna start giggling and doing weird shit that will make (laughs) you uncomfortable yeah well Uh. and like sort of bringing it back to how we started on this with the beetlejuice musical right danny elfman doing the music for charlie or yeah, for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like adding that to the Oompa Loompas. Part of me was kind of hoping he'd do the book for the Beetlejuice musical because I'm like that could be a really cool that would thing be, for that would him, be cool. I think. But so when I when I read about it and found out that was not the case, I was a little bit like, no. But, well, um, it makes me. I wonder how uh, if they'll like do thematic things that are similar to the score of the yeah. movie. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if they'll probably have the Banana Boat song in it. Maybe. I guarantee you that they uh, will. I wonder how you get the rights to that or if that's like one of the weird I like, feel like Banana Boat has to be in the public domain. Might be. Well, and yeah. I, I was reading uh, that they're going to be focusing more so on Lydia Dietz. So that whole, the plot that I was talking about where it's like the couple who died and don't know they're dead, I wonder if they're even going to be in it or if it's going to be like just focus on the one family that would be interesting maybe this will be the sequel to beetlejuice well and like the the goth teenage girl in me is like really excited to have it focused on lydia deets the whole time because right. i hope they keep that whole persona going because i'm just like she's the best you know? she is pretty great and, and winona rider i like winona rider a lot yeah and she's so, she's fun um I mean, yeah but yeah jolene what are just so are you for a beetlejuice musical yeah i mean i think like you know um I think you guys are right. I don't think a sequel necessarily would have been necessary. And I think maybe that's how this ended up getting brought about because, like, it's sort of a a new thing you can bring to the table. Plus, like, a song and dance about ghosts, a whole musical, in fact, about ghosts, really game for that. Yeah. Plus, like, they did uh, the Addams Family musical. That's true, yeah. I don't know how successful that was, like, officially. I've heard some of the music. The music Yeah, it's really good. good. It, yeah. yeah. I remember, like, my first exposure exposure to that was um, I was in a show choir competition in high school, and then this one choir from somewhere in Wisconsin did, like, all music from the Addams Family musical. Oh, really? Musical. Yeah, and that was just, like, their shtick. And it was my favorite part of the whole fucking thing. Oh. But, so, you know. It could be really successful if it falls in that sort of similar category where it's still, like, pretty true to the cartoon and pretty true to the movie, Um, but just, like, you know, sets it to happy, fun time music. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. I'm all, I'm all for it as well because I, Beetlejuice has such a distinct style and mm-hmm. interesting visuals and a crazy story that. It's very theatrical in its own right. It, honestly, out of all the movies that have been adapted, excuse me, all the 
movies that have been adapted into musicals, this one honestly seems like a no-brainer mm-hmm. because it's going to have great production value. You can really do a lot of stuff with the costuming and the makeup. And, yeah, it's just it has, like, a quirky story that makes more sense for theater in a lot of ways than it did for a motion picture. Yeah, you're um, right. Because meanwhile, when they're like adapting Carrie into a musical, it's like what? Yeah, you didn't know that. No, no, Carrie's a musical. Oh, Heather's is. A, we brought up like Heather's as a musical. Like, Heather's, I feel like, kind of works because that's like you know, yeah, still kind of like pop bubblegummy. That's true. But Carrie, they did uh, American no. Psycho. I think I remember reading about Carrie the Musical because they have like a really dumb song that I remember getting really mad about, but I can't remember what it was because even the title, I was just like, are you fucking serious? I have me? not heard anything from oh, Carrie God the Musical. I Yeah, let's drop that because I don't even fucking know. They also did American Psycho. I feel like I, that could be. I'm curious, but that uh, I don't think that's come to America and yet, and they haven't like adapted or like released like a soundtrack for. I would it. love if they did like a sort of jukebox musical with that, where it's like they just take the songs from the book that he's like obsessing over, and like those artists, and then just use that to like and like set his craziness to music. That would be cool, but that's not what happens because oh. I've seen like the 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 playbill for it mm-hmm. and it has all original music for it. boring so beetlejuice the musical coming sometime this lifetime to a stage near you probably not also but, like who else is disappointed that you said beetlejuice three times in a row like appear. multiple times yeah not here so well, fuck. whatever <laughs> been lied to by the media again i can't it's a huge disappointment today yeah yeah what are you gonna do yeah <laughs> speaking of being lied to by the media jim carrey is starring in a new thriller oh, which is uh apparently about a potentially psychopathic horror writer or crime writer specifically. Crime writer. Movie is called Dark Crimes, uh, starring Jim Carrey and a couple of actors uh, who I did not recognize. I, um, it has been released already. You said you did more research than I have. Yeah, um, it was released originally by Directv on April nineteenth. Apparently, okay. Um, that's why. I, that's why the trailer had like a lot of clips in it. In yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Um, anyway, but um, apparently it'll be released. Uh, in theaters and on video on demand on May 18th. So there you go. It's coming up. Yep. It's coming up. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Carey in a much darker, much serious role, which we have seen him do serious roles much and darker serious. roles. Yeah. He said much serious. It was funny. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's, let's start the whole <laughs> show over again. <laughs> no, um, we, this is totally our first take. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> we've seen him do uh, more serious roles in movies like The Number 23, where we, we were talking about beforehand, uh, Eternal Sunshine, mm-hmm. Bruce Almighty. And <laughs> this, this one, he plays sort of the typical obsessed cop, it looks like, who is trying to... He is basically, I don't know if he's a cop or a private detective or what, they don't really specifically say, but basically uh, a lot of people are convinced that this writer is guilty. They just need him to prove it somehow, and from the looks of the trailer, it looks like he is going down the rabbit hole and him himself is becoming the monster or something typical. I don't know. It looks like he gets violent in it and aggressive. That's probably good. That's probably good. So, yeah. the trailer's out. Uh, I'll start with you this time, Jolyn. What cool. are your thoughts on Jim Carrey's new film? Got Dark a lot Crimes. of opinions, like I always do about everything. Um, okay, so I'll talk about the accent he's doing in the in the in the trailer because it's already a little bit like, meh. like I don't know how you feel about that accent, Graham or Matt. But it's yeah, not I'm not a big fan of it. I'll yeah. say it right off the bat. Not fun to listen to because it's like not I, like I. I mean, maybe it has more purpose than we know about. Uh, the but movie just, doesn't take place in America. Yeah, That's, but. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. That's I, it, I mean, there's your purpose. Is all yeah. I'm okay. Saying. You're right. Okay. I'll be over here. If you <laughs> but that goes that that goes with like. Remember what we talked about with Saw when Carrie Owens does the the, the American yeah, accent, that's, and that's it's like true. he could have been a British doctor living in America. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And but if this, the whole if the whole movie is going to be in English anyway, yeah, he could yeah. Just, he just left know. that out. Jim Carrey's going method. I don't know. Well, the, the accent didn't bother me that much, but I also didn't think it was that noticeable. Yeah, it was well, just... that was another thing I was going to say about it, too, is because, like, because it's so subtle, then maybe he's actually doing that accent really well and I'm just being a dick. Because it's like, <laughs> most accents aren't, like, as 
exaggerated as most people do accents. Mm, so true. maybe it's like a good way to do it. I don't know. Um, Jim Carrey is, uh, he does do impressions. He's yeah. He's made like half of his career doing impressions. So I just like, I guess it just bugged me because I'm like, I mean, Jim Carrey is obviously completely capable of doing serious roles. And I actually, I really liked him in the number 23, even though like, I didn't really like the concept. I thought his acting was like fantastic in it. Um, so I do like him as a serious actor, but I think him doing the accent is just sort of like making my brain go to the times that he's done impressions and other things. That's, so it's like, it, it just makes it a little ridiculous for me. Also, like in the, uh, in the trailer, I kind of don't like. Because as he's interviewing the writer, the writer is sort of, like, playing into it and trying to be like, oh, well, maybe I did do it. Maybe I didn't. Who's going to know? Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he might as well be going, wah, ha, ha, right. the That's, whole time. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, but it, it's still, I like the concept a lot. And I think I think most horror or crime writers have sort of thought about stuff like this, either, like, actually happening or writing something like this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so as exciting as it is to see this like to actually get a chance to see something like this played out, I think it's gonna it's gonna be hard for me to be like completely satisfied by this movie because it's like part of me is gonna be like, oh, I could have written this better, even though obviously no, <laughs> you know, because I haven't done it, so I'm not gonna do that. But who knows? I don't think so. <laughs> but I think that just a little part of me is gonna be like, yeah, they probably could have done this and this and this better, so why didn't they? Blah. But I don't know. So all right. Oh, I'm sorry. I have one more thing. No, no, you're I, you're fine. One more thing and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. Um, you can speak as, as much as you want. I know, but I, I, I'm just, I have one more thing that I'm going to be done, so then we'll be good. Yes, anyway, <laughs> um, when I was reading the, the article about it, uh, it mentioned the writer in the film having a mysterious sex club worker as a girlfriend, and like... All right. Well, uh, yeah, I part of me is like... I don't I don't really think we need another like film exploiting the like sex work and no, like the dangers true, yeah. of the sex industry and stuff like that and I think maybe like that aspect might be taking this into a sort of like cliche area um but I just like I hope that it's not like as hokey and ridiculous as most movies portray stuff like that and I hope right. it's not like the main plot point or anything like that I I hope it's just sort of like a you know it was just something that they mentioned because it's like a small factor i hope it's not like a whole thing because i i don't know i could do without that fair fair enough all right grandma turn it over to you number one the accent is horrible i hate it um and i partly blame that on the fact that i'm just it's jim carrey he's a goofy guy so to see him doing that i just can't help but think of the you know, his appearances on Letterman where he's doing an impression of David Caruso from CSI Miami. And it's like, it's just one of those things. I feel like if it was any other actor, I would probably be more forgiving and wouldn't notice it as much. Um, But nonetheless, I mean, it's not the worst accent I've ever heard on screen. Don't get me wrong. I actually, speaking of Carrie Owens, I think his accent, his American accent is probably worse. It's terrible. (laughs) Um but it's not the greatest either. And I, like I said, it, it kind of goes back to why did they have to have him do an accent if it's if it's not going to be – if it's not going to work or it's not going to be a good – act? I don't know. I'm not even going to get into it. Long story short, I'm not a fan of the accent. Jim Carrey is a dramatic actor I am a fan of. I think he's really solid in movies like Eternal Sunshine, uh, Truman Show he's great in. I mean obviously oh, yeah. that has a little bit more comedic elements in it, but for the most part um, it is a drama – and when you know when he needs to be dramatic in that movie, he really delivers. I have not seen the number twenty three. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the trailer for it, but I I might have to check it out. Is it worth it? I, I'm asking you, Jolene, because it sounds like you've seen it. Yeah, I I think so. Admittedly, I've only seen it once, and it was the okay. First time, well, okay, I saw it once. It was the first time I watched it. But uh, <laughs> but Look at and that. That, was a, <laughs> that was a while ago. But I think it is worth the watch. I know a lot of people who didn't like it. I know a lot of people who did. So I think you know it's one of those things that's worth. Well, we were looking it up, opinion. and like I didn't mean to cut you You're off. Fine. I'm sorry. I keep doing this. I'm sorry. I'm awful. I've been um, cutting everybody off this whole show. So all right. Well, <laughs> um, we were looking it up, and it has an eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but like user reviews on IMDb are much more forgiving. Mm-hmm. So. 
I can see where critically it would go yeah. wrong. It kind of depends on who you trust on the internet for That's movie true. reviews. Yeah. I never trust Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know about you guys. I don't trust IMDb, so... Although, normally Rotten Tomatoes, when they have like a glowing review, that movie is normally actually pretty good. Well, the thing is... Uh... If I if I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes, chances are nine times out of ten. I don't know where I was going with this. If I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes, that's just to get a general feel for what the climate was like when the movie came out. That's not yeah. going to have really any implication on what I feel about the movies. Because we were talking about Drive Angry. Drive Angry probably doesn't have anything probably higher like than an 0%. eight. If it does, I'll be amazed. <laughs> yeah. And I fucking love Drive Angry. Same. So it's like. Same. If it does have an 8 out of, or whatever, you know, a high rating, it's probably from some very small, like, horror-based website that, you know, is right. like the New York Times or something yeah. like right, that. Yeah. So, it, but like that's the thing, thing is, and I'm usually more in in touch with, like, publications like Blade Disgusting. We're still, we're still pining for you, Blade <laughs> Disgusting. Um, we love you. Yeah, we're Blade Disgusting. Download their app, guys. Fangoria, stuff like that, where it is, like, it's... Horror fan, being a horror fan, and being a movie fan, sometimes they can definitely go hand in hand. But there's sometimes where, just like with anything, action, romance, you can turn your brain off and just enjoy a movie. So yeah. So anyway, Jim Carrey in Dark Crimes is it? Man, yeah, I'm already blanking on the name. I want to say Dark. Uh, what was the other City? Dark, dark City? City. That was say Dark City because Matt said it before the show. Uh, so I. I like him as a dramatic actor, and I'm really interested to see him in this role, a more violent role uh, in particular. Yeah, I this... hope he kicks some ass. How fun would that be? He, it looks like, and that's why you brought up the sex worker stuff, mm-hmm. it looks like he's going to get aggressive towards like people and women, uh... it looks like. God damn it. Well, that's, that's just a vibe. Again, this is just a trailer, but there is, there is something very unsettling and predatory about his character in one moment in the trailer. I was going to ask too. Um, do we know what time this is set in? Because that was something. Looks I modern to me. Looks modern. Yeah. Day to okay. Me. I yeah. guess uh, when I was looking at it, I couldn't really tell, and because of like the sort of grimy kind of dark look to it, I was like, maybe this is older. Like it's supposed to be older or something. But right. you might be right. I, 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 I have no idea. That close attention. It looked modern, but it uh, just looks it looks European, and everything in Europe looks like it's old. So. Huh. So anyway, I learned something new today. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's like I've been. You've been to Europe too. Yeah, it's. I mean, and you've been to wrong. Russia. You said that Russia, everything looks old. It looks oh, run down too. Yeah. yeah so if this takes than place than in somewhere like Romania, like I think it does, everything just looks old there. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the story looks. I mean compelling for the most part i'm i mean we've seen kind of the whole detective gets too involved in the case and starts become the monster like a hundred thousand times but who knows maybe this this will provide us something different we can't i mean like once as matt said and as we always try to say it's just a trailer so Mm -hmm. who knows the movie that we get could be completely different yeah as we've seen in in the past uh from what we get in the trailer but i'm i'm sold for the most part I'm yeah, kind of curious why it's coming directly to v- well, VOD. Direct, well, and direct TV. Yeah, that is weird. How is on? You always wonder though. I feel like a lot of people jump to the conclusion. Well, then you know if they're not putting into this huge wide release for you know like a normal movie distribution method, then it must not be good. But that's not always the case, especially now as streaming is becoming more popular. A lot more movies are trying to take that direction. But say, yeah, were we kind of talking about that during? We I don't were, know which yeah. Show, because we were talking about Cloverfield, the new Cloverfield. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's easier now than ever to. to, to God, I'm dying. So it's easier now more than ever to put a movie out on something like Directv or video on demand, accompanied with a theatrical release, yeah. because chances are. If it's going to be like a small weird project like this, like if they, if this got a big mainstream release, how good do you think it would do? I mean, it would well, probably get a draw because it is Jim Carrey, but it also well horror. It's like it's, like a, it's not Jim Carrey doing comedy, yeah. which is what always brought in the money for him. This is this is horror. It's more psychological thriller, I would say. So I mean, I think it would do fine. I don't know if it would. You know, it would definitely not finish at number one, yeah. you know, any given weekend, especially as it's coming out in May and, yeah. you know, the box office is going to be swamped with Avengers and Star True. Wars and stuff. But It also makes me wonder if uh, 
like if this is this director, I forget the director's name, his like starting place, if this is just him getting his foot in the door. Right. Well, also I think a factor is the fact that like it's so easy to illegally download things now that you can pretty much get everything oh, yeah. as soon as it's released anyway. So it's yeah. probably just so, you know, people are more likely to just like order the video on demand or see it in theaters. So they have that at least as an option both ways instead of like Oh, it's coming out in theaters. Let's just pirate it instead of paying money at the theater. You right. know? See, so you think that money, money is money. People are going to pirate it no matter I know, what. <laughs> I know, but maybe this is just like their attempt to deter that. Yeah, that's so fair. I, I completely agree. Sure. Uh, and like as we said, like streaming is becoming the new thing. And mm-hmm. as much as we cherish the movie theater experience, it seems that the masses are not so – or uh, they're becoming a less in that – line of thinking which is unfortunate i'm gonna like i want to look at statistics regarding that because it's like you have to look at the box office numbers they're they're always hitting record lows each year like they're going down it's it's one of the things it just all goes back to convenience like Mm -hmm. like, yeah i guess we live in the now 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 generation where you can if you're a casual movie watcher and you're not like an actual like appreciator of the movie going experience um I mean, you have to consider it from that standpoint. Do I, you know, get in the car, use up gas money to go to a theater? I mean, Matt and I, if we want to go see a mainstream movie, we have to travel. Yeah, I was going to say, we have yeah. to bus you know, to half yeah. an hour. Right. And, you know, then there's that cost. There's the cost of the ticket, the whatever you choose to eat. And I well, hate to sound like an old now. man. Right. Like, uh, it's so expensive going to the movies. It now. is. It's, I mean, it really is. The, the, especially those evening performances. If you if you, if you if you can only go to a movie at night, you know, based on work and all that, then once again that price is hiked uh, because that's when most people can go see movies. Yeah. So that's why those evening uh, those evening I keep saying performances, but it is I guess a performance. Maybe, yeah. Evening showing is is a lot more expensive. Um, but yeah, I just think from that point of view, if you're not somebody who like really grew up on the movie going experience or casually did and just does don't really understand what that value mm. of going to a movie theater is you're going to be more inclined to want to just stay at home you know order takeout and watch a movie that came out through movie pass i was gonna say have you guys heard about movie pass where you can like I, is it so is it exactly as people are telling me where you can like you can watch movies that are in, out in theaters by paying a subscription to a model like, no, a, like I a think, subscription model? I guess I don't maybe I misunderstood but I think it's like you spend about I think it's 10 bucks a month and um it's like a pass to go to theaters and you can see like a certain amount I think you can see like one a week and okay. and it works at most uh theaters so it's like Ooh. I think even the oriental is doing it like, Interesting. like smaller theaters are participating too um there's something playing at the oriental now that I want to see side note uh, I forget what it's called. It's starring Joaquin Phoenix, huh. and he plays like a PTSD uh, suffering veteran who like hunts down lost girls for a living. Jeez. That sounds fun. Like, I think it's like you were never really here or something Ooh. like that. Something like that. Oh, that's fun. I want. I want to see that. Yeah, side note, since we're time. talking about thrillers. Anyway, anyway. So yeah, movie streaming. It's it's become the thing. But we'll we'll see we'll see what the next five years will really tell us. I feel like as things like Movie Pass become more prevalent and more movies take the Cloverfield route, yeah, I we'll also, see. I stand by that what I said before in terms of like them re-releasing older movies. I think that's drawing a really big crowd because, um, just like not so long ago, a few weeks ago, um, I went to Chicago to see. Basket Case, because they were showing Basket Case at the Music Box, mm. um, like a midnight showing. And when we got there, it was like sold out. It was yeah. a small theater, but I was just like, damn, like this is a midnight showing of this like a super off-kill- weird, yeah, like oh, like what- 80s horror movie. Yeah, I'm like nobody would take the time to see this movie, but apparently a lot of people did. Well, so Downer's like, doing it to actually start. Eventually, they were not sold out. That's how we ended up getting inside. Oh, Turns there out there was go. a glitch, but. Uh, starting actually on April 20th, Downer and a couple other theaters are doing call classics and midnight showings. Yeah. Because I think uh, sometime in June they're showing Suspiria. Yeah. Oh, dope. Let's yeah. go to that. I, I'd be, be down to go to that. Um, but they're also doing stuff like I think they're doing the Back to the Future movies at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah. Um, or I know, uh, is it the Times Cinema? It's either the Times or Rosebud is showing The Shining. 
the right. next week as a midnight yeah, showing. Yeah, so that's, totally a, that's a part of the the group of theaters that's doing this uh, mm-hmm. midnight movie thing. I think it, I think that has a draw. I think people are willing to do that because it's like, again, Age of Nostalgia. People like that whole bit. Sure. Plus, it often you know it's a little less expensive to see older movies like that. Yeah, and could, well, it's also like. None of us were born in nine, before 1980, so we didn't get to experience The Shining right. in exactly. the theaters or yeah. Suspiria in yeah. the theaters. So what are your thoughts, Matt, on this Jim Carrey? Um, I think it looks decent. It, Frankly, it looks like a movie that's right up my alley. I do like melodrama. I do mm-hmm. like noir detective stories. I am hesitant, though, because the, the obsessed cop cliché it's one that I fall into a lot in my writing. Obsession is an easy cliche to fall into, and I fall into it in my writing as well. Or any sort of character that's like beaten down and world weather, world weathered, and like, but like simultaneously, I'm just like a slut for stories <laughs> like that. I love like I, I love just I love yeah I love noir. So well, and like. Uh... Girl with a dragon tattoo, how that kind of focuses around a journalist who's like, you know, looking into the depths of something. Mm-hmm. I love that. And yeah. I love I love books around writers and, and that yeah. that nonsense. So I think that could be really fun. Yeah. So it could be a fun meeting of the worlds. True. So yeah, I think it looks decent. I think I might check it out at some point just because I uh Jim you you're all bitching about the accent. Jim Carrey <laughs> is getting great reviews in in his performance. Uh, well, um, well accent and performance doesn't necessarily they're not one and the same yeah. but they they I mean, can they, be they, they, right. it's, it's, it's a contribution no doubt That's but I also like it could just be the lines that he delivered maybe it's just more prevalent in those lines and then maybe yeah, throughout the rest right. of it it's again just, like, it is only smoother. a trailer yeah so, so I definitely still 100% want to see it it looks yeah. really fun um, yeah and like you brought up how like over the top the villain scenes mm-hmm. seems I'm kind of into that I'm into it's really just like a story that I'm always going to be into, like underbelly, noir, grit. I'm just, I'm always going to be into that shit. So I think it looks decent. I'm going to check it out at some point. Comes out in theaters May, May sixteenth, sixteenth. Uh, let Something me like look that. at my notes because I take notes sometimes. <laughs> okay, eighteenth, May eighteenth. All right, and it's. If you saw it on DirecTV already, shoot us a messenger on Hotmail, and <laughs> we'll tell us what you think about it. Um, moving into the next topic, which was... Oh, speaking of new releases, we have to bring it up. We haven't brought it up in a while. The first teaser poster for the new Halloween has been released. It's a simple image showing uh, Michael Myers in a very aged white mask, simple white font that says Halloween and the release date, October 19th in orange. Uh, Graham, how do you like this poster? I want it. <laughs> I want it as soon as it's available to the public. I don't know how or how I'm going to go about getting it. I'm sure Amazon will have it at some point. Right, There's going to yeah. be a website with it the closer we get to the actual release. It's super simple, but it's super... It's, it really brings out the iconic nature of Michael Myers as a character. Uh, can you confirm for me, Matt? It, was that October release date always the initial release date, or was that just announced? No, I think it's always Okay, it's been always been that. October 19th. All right, and we might have talked about that at some point. My brain just yeah, no, scrambled. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's always been October 19th. It's just it's cool finally seeing a poster. Side note, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Jason Bloom have seen like the first trailer that they're going to put out, and they're Im- impressed. That's Jason, awesome. Jason Bloom? That's his it's name? Some, yeah, it's Jason Bloom. Okay. Um, Producer for Bloomhouse Productions. Right. I think, yeah, I think it looks fantastic. Now I'm even more excited to see a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's not much more to say about it. I think it's just a really simple design, but but very, very compelling. Uh, and obviously that October release date just makes it all the better. Uh, so that's my thoughts. That might be one I want to try and go see opening day. Oh, I for sure. I 100% agree. I mean, I have to take off work. I'm fucking, I'm taking off work. I want to <laughs> see it opening day. Jolyn. Uh Okay. So, for once, I don't have a lot to say, because part of me, what I, I realized you guys wanted to talk about the poster that really was released, and I looked at it, it was just kind of like, that's a, that's a poster. It's like <laughs> it belongs for, for for Halloween. That looks like a thing that's happening now. I don't know. I don't, I'm not as like, like, I'm definitely going to see it when it comes out, and I am 
really excited for John Carpenter to make some more money off this franchise. Um, He's gonna do the music too, which yeah. I'm stoked for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that those are my excited points, and the rest of me doesn't have much of an opinion on it. So <laughs> that's my piece, and I'm done now. Fair enough. Wow, I love this poster too. It is like <laughs> it is super. It's this. It's the simplicity which the first movie was so successful with that is like it sounds like an art critic encapsulated in the piece of the Halloween Ooh. poster um, but also what's interesting is they are really uh, sticking with the continuity game someone bu- uh, bumped up the brightness on on like the poster in Photoshop uh, Michael Myers one eye is fucked up because if you are a Halloween fan you know at the end of the movie Jamie Lee Curtis stabs him in the eye with a coat hanger. That's fun. So on top of the looking like it's probably going to be the same mask, weathered and decayed. Yeah, I fucking would. It's (laughs) my favorite horror movie. Um, They are really they're really setting up that this is a one to one sequel of the first movie. That's cool. And apparently there's going to be references to the series as a whole like easter eggs sprinkled into the, into the series so dude i'm gonna lose it if they reference like halloween 3 they are like uh, uh danny mcbride has said that they've referenced how there's the halloween 3 references in it and for those of you that don't know thing. halloween 3 was the attempt to make the series an anthology series and and it's so the it best has, halloween movie it's not the best one yeah. but it's, I think it's, the best halloween <laughs> it's it's really good it's definitely one of the best in the it's series my, it's my favorite halloween right, movie. fair enough <laughs> Grand Wrong. Grand, it's Halloween too by Rob Zombie. Yeah, it is. That. And, and all you can. <laughs> I like the first one the best. That's fair. You like the third one the best. You I do. Like Rob Zombie's Halloween too. <laughs> the best. I'm part of that weird minority group. Well, if yeah, we yeah, rewatched it, we were minority. like, that yeah. yeah. Um, well, look at that. Rob Zombie made his way back into our conversation dude, again. Dude, oh my god, that. Uh, <laughs> We talked about um, the new Devil's Rejects movie. Yes, we did. Yeah, we, we did, did. We did okay. last month because he okay. first started shooting it last month, and yeah. I think they wrapped actually. It was, yeah, it I was heard about, about a month. And Bill Mosley has just been like glowing. Bill Mosley is nutting hard about Rob. Dude, Zombie's Bill Mosley is like the best part of every movie he's in, and y'all can fight me about it because I, I love him. I don't think deeply. she's wrong. I'm not going to fight her about it. Jolene could kick the shit out of me. Her <laughs> nickname is a Roadhouse for it, God's sakes. It is Roadhouse. But yeah, um, I'm with you, Graham. Uh, unlike some, I'm excited about the poster. Uh, I might buy it too, frankly. I like the design a lot. I'm curious to see, because this is the teaser poster, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with like the poster poster. So That's, Yeah. And when you said the bit about like if you turn up the brightness, you can see that his eyes fucked up, that's really cool. That's not something that I would have taken the time to do. And that's what I meant when I was just like, you would know something like that. Because you would, wouldn't you? Well, I didn't do it. I'm not the well, one that right. turned up the brightness on it. I would laugh if you just like sat in your room on your laptop in the dark and just like upped the brightness. Just like, what am I missing here? No, there's, yeah. There's a I, sign. I, I, and I was cranking it hard as <laughs> I was doing it. <laughs> anyway. Change topics. How yes, about that? changing topics. <laughs> On a much sadder note uh, for horror fans. Stars has officially pulled the plug on Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Season 3 will be the final season. Uh, sort of what we were discussing last time, uh, how Bruce Campbell had said that if they pull the plug on the show, the chances are that they could still do another movie if the demand is there. Literally a week after the March show went up, Bruce Campbell said, if the show is done, I'm done. (laughs) So he actually just on Facebook and Twitter posted a goodbye message. uh, Not like a goodbye message like him, but like a goodbye from the character, from the series. Basically a farewell to Ash Williams as we know him in the context of the Evil Dead series. So, um... Yeah, what do y'all think? Ooh, can I start? Can I yep. rant? Okay. <laughs> I have little to say on this topic, so. Oh, well, I have plenty to say. Just so just <laughs> strap in. Um, I don't really feel too bad about the Ash vs. Evil Dead. Because um, I, like, um, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the show. It wasn't Boo. bad. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, I haven't kept up with it, so I can't. Well, it's even. like I, I'm the reason why it's going off the air is because I'm not watching it. The thing is, is, like I liked it well enough, but I think it lost a lot of its charm when it it became a little bit more like with a bigger budget. Like I loved Lucy Lawless being in it; that's fucking incredible. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, bring on Dana. But you know, like 
other than that, I, I think, and I think a lot of horror fans might side with me on that, is because part of the charm of the Evil Dead series, like the trilogy, was that it was like low budget and you sicken me. Okay, all right, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Anyway, um, but so and you kind of you mentioned this before, and I got real mad about it. Still mad about it. But, um, oh, good. Because, <laughs> see, I really liked the reboot, and I know a lot of people who didn't. I like the reboot. Okay, I, I know a lot of people didn't, though, so I, you know. I like the reboot quite a bit, actually. No, I really did, too. Stop being but mad at me. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm mad at you because you told me that he's not going to be a part of that film series if they continue it, you know? That's what he makes it sound like. Yeah, and that's... Well, so you're not mad at me. No, I'm just mad at the concept. <laughs> All right. I'm just mad about that. Just yeah. mad in theory. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so, and I had this idea as you were kind of talking about it just now, um, because my thing is, if Bruce Campbell isn't going to be Ash anymore, I think he should start writing and directing, because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he can... He's been in other things where he's played other characters, but I think people really see him as Ash now, like especially now because they've been bringing back that series and like it has gotten a lot of media attention. Mm-hmm. But so I think he should write and direct. What I think he should do is write an in-between movie connecting the reboot to Army of Darkness and like something in between where he like hmm. I think he should write, direct and star in it and that's my opinion and now I'm done. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. I, I just like idea. when they when that was the whole thing when that reboot came out. Everyone was like, uh, the theory became they were going to do another like Army of Darkness two, which is a fucking stupid title. Uh, they're going to do another one with Ash, and then do another one with Mia, and then do a crossover between the two. I think said doing all that, they should just do what I just said because I have the best ideas. I mean, you're probably right, but I have such a hard time connecting the reboot to the original series because the reboot is so serious. It is. You're right. But I think, but like... one has best ideas, apparently, so... I just think it, it could be kind of fun because, like, you know, he does show up, like, what was it, post-credits? And what is he even... He just says groovy. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> Post-credits. Yeah, that's it. But I, I just think it would be, like, a fun little tie-in if he just did something, like, you know, even if it, even if it was a little se- more serious for him, mm-hmm. but he just, like, brought in a little bit of that of that charming Bruce Campbell comedy, you know? Um, I'd be, I mean, I would definitely see it. Yeah, I, I'd be down right? to see it. Yeah. Um, hey, Bruce Campbell, listen to our podcast yeah. and also make this movie. Bruce Campbell, come on to our podcast. Oh, God. Oh, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to handle that. I'd probably cry. I might cry. I'm crying right now <laughs> um, because I'm. I am unlike the naysayers. I am sad that Ash vs. Evil Dead is going off the air because yeah. I thought the show was solid. From what I saw, I got a season and a half in, and then I stopped watching it because I'm bad at TV. Um, it has nothing to do with the show. The show is great. I'm just bad at watching TV. It's a commitment, and um, I think what? No, it's just. The thought of being just like bad at something that involves sitting on a couch and just turning on your TV. Is I'm bad at it. <laughs> but I get it. Because like, uh, you know, we're adults. We don't have time for like TV a lot of the time. Sometimes sure. you can make time for stuff like that. But I mean, we also like spend our free time doing other stupid stuff. I don't know. Sure. Like getting drunk. Yeah. This is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. You know? Very true. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> no, um, and I brought this up a, a while ago. When originally he was talking about retiring the role, I would, I'd like to see him do... More serious stuff because he played Reagan in the TV show Fargo, um, and he kind of he's gotten like he's got a rep in Hollywood now. Like people actually want Bruce Campbell for things. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think I think he can do something with that. Especially since like I just looked up the dude's almost sixty. Realistically, he can't keep doing that unless he's like fucking Stallone or Schwarzenegger, who is who are taking care of themselves every day. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he looks pretty damn He looks good. great, but I don't think he's hitting the gym quite like... He he did lose a lot of weight and got into shape for the show, mm-hmm. admittedly, but he can't always be slaying dead-eyed ass when you're 75 years old. He can't. I wonder if that's how he, like... I wonder if that's his gym work, is he has, like, a punching bag with, like, a dead face on it. Mm-hmm. I like this image yep. a lot. I'm and he, stick with he that. puts a chainsaw in his hand, too, while he yeah. does it. That sounds about right. <laughs> Amateurs. <laughs> What's your opinion on this, Graham? I have none. All right. Uh, 
on his workout ethic or the show or chainsaw all of the above. Chainsaw hands. Gloves. Chainsaw hands are dope. You can't. Yeah. You can't deny that. It's unfortunate that the show is being canceled, but like I said, I don't. I'm not as attached to the series, so I. I mean, I, I liked what I saw of Astro's Evil Dead, but. What do you think about my Army of Darkness sequel idea that Bruce Campbell writes, directs, and Spo- stars in? Spoiler alert, if you say anything against it, you get... <laughs> roadhoused. Roadhoused. Well, you're going to have to roadhouse me, because I, I mean, I'd have to see I'd have to see something that he wrote and directed before I could make an actual, or give an actual opinion you're on it. You're telling me you haven't seen the classic The Man with the Screaming Brain? I have not. Uh, I yet. Have yet is the key word. Yeah, no, I really want to now. Um, I guess I, I need some need to back myself up here and make sure i really want this i still i'm gonna want it regardless like if he just made that tomorrow i'd be in the theaters watching it or pirating it and whatever. you'd be the only one i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> why oh don't you God. write it joel and we fast you know forward what? two yeah. years later we're I'm on gonna, the red carpet <laughs> i'm not even fucking kidding i'm gonna go i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna do that bruce campbell listen to our podcast listen to me right now you're gonna be starring in this movie in 2019 <laughs> That's my plan now. We've got a year, guys. Yep. A year. So you <laughs> yep. better get writing. Oh, yeah. I can do it. You Spe- just wait. Hey. I'm going to have one like during the next podcast. I'm just going to like slam a script on the table and be like, boom, let's make this fucking movie, guys. Speaking of... Speaking of writing, <laughs> okay. we actually did this really well. I was going to say. Oh. Jolyn, why don't you bring up this topic since oh, this, this was your idea? That's true. Um, I thought it would be fun for us to talk about the process of writing a horror film um, for several reasons. Because like... You know, Matt and I, we we write horror. I, you know, we're working on something, and that's been something that I've been really interested in doing, and that I have been doing for like five years now. Like really? strictly horror, yeah. Oh, strictly um, horror. I thought you were talking about the thing that we were working. Oh on. dear God, no! I was like, fuck. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I guess I mean I had the idea like five years ago, but it didn't turn into anything until like now. But cool. um. And Graham can obviously weigh in on this. Graham wrote been... a horror movie. He read it to me freshman year of college. Aww. I did. Oh, yeah. Aww. But, I uh... I can all weigh in on this. This is really good. Yeah. I mean, I've been... Yeah, like, I was telling you all before this... I was in a horror movie that you made. No. Yeah. Never yeah. saw the light. Never released. Hey, where's <laughs> Let Halloween Rain, Matt? <laughs> you can't even talk to me then, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Check- so... Mate, no. Um. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I I've been looking at a horror script recently that I'm going to be producing at least late this summer. So I've been been reading a lot of a lot of spooky shit. So, uh, but so I yeah I do have experience mm-hmm. in that realm. Well, it's like you didn't just stroll. I can't say that. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Moving on. Okay. But and it's like none of us are like necessarily professionals. But I think we all just have a real passion for writing horror and we're very interested in it and like you know i've done some editing of other people's scripts so i know a lot of ideas that you know people i know have had and like you know i talked about sleigh bells my friends made that movie Mm -hmm. a few years ago and um so yeah I, i think we're just we're gonna discuss a little bit on on the process of writing a horror film um do you guys want me to start with stuff that i was just gonna say i don't really sure go into it i just sort of took notes today so um, i'm gonna talk about a little bit um one thing you brought up earlier about tim burton was how he sort of like you know his characters have like the dark circles under their eyes and they're Mm -hmm. really pale and it's essentially like he's just putting himself into his movie Mm -hmm. i do that with fucking everything i write and almost and stephen king does it and fucking everything he writes yes he does and i think i think everybody (laughs) ultimately does that and that's true i think it's like it's just different because Tim Burton is such a visu- visual storyteller. Right. So it's, like, extremely apparent. But also Stephen King. It's, like, True. you know, you can really... Well, I guess... I don't know. I guess he wrote, like, Carrie. And you can't really see Stephen King in that one. But... Unless he well, can, his ideas towards religion definitely yeah. come through in that, yeah. so... I just mean, so, like, you know, that's that's a factor that I think is kind of fun. But it's also something that I've been trying to kind of avoid. Because it's, like... It is a little bit overdone, and I just, but I, I, it's like I don't know how to not do that because I like having a character where I can just kind of like control their personality because I'm like, this is what I would do, so this is what I'm gonna put into the, to this, you know? It's true. Um, yeah, I find myself doing that a lot. I do it to the point where it's I don't necessarily interject myself. Well, I probably do. Everyone does. Everyone injects themselves into the page mm-hmm. if they're a writer. But I, when I find myself writing a script. 
I will always there's at least one character that I'll end up writing that I'm like that's me I play him I play him mm-hmm. when we do the movie yeah. which I know I shouldn't do and I have actually have gotten better about it should we start calling you Tarantino no no let's <laughs> not <laughs> can we not like I I feel like I shouldn't it's actually a compliment if you're calling me Tarantino right, but like Tarantino shouldn't act like, yeah he also seems like a huge tool so yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of an insult. You're welcome. <clears throat> anyway, Graham, do you ever do that when you're writing stuff? Write myself? Yeah. Like oh, all it? the time. Yeah. I yeah. feel like I, uh, yeah, I do it more often than I should. A but... modern day greaser. <laughs> yep. I'm a modern day greaser. I've, uh, I've, uh, I'm a serial killer actor. Um, no, that was me. No, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you write what you know yeah. and what you know is yourself. So yeah. you're going to, some way or another. I feel like everybody to some around, degree based does that. experiences that you have. See, I do that a lot. I'll do like settings and stuff. Yeah. That are stuff. Right. Right. I mean, if you, it doesn't even, it's not even just in horror. I mean, just writing in general, screenplays, novels, it doesn't really matter. And, you know, plays, it, it, you're going to write yourself to some degree. Mm-hmm. And there's no, I don't think there's any shame in that. In fact, I think a lot of those movies end up being quite great. Because, like I said, it's, a, it's clear the writer understands what what's like like what they're talking about because it's them yeah. you know so i've actually gotten better about it in re- in realization of putting putting my interests into the page cuz yeah. i did a in high school i did a horror short film called the painter and uh in retrospect there's so much like me in that movie it's annoying like the main main character uh main character's name is Detector Gen- Detective Jennifer Simpson. Jennifer Simpson is the name of a character in a horror video game called Clock Tower. Her partner is Detective Todd Barker, Sweeney Todd, whose real name is Benjamin Barker. Ho ho. Um Todd Barker's dog is named Boingo. Oh, that's so cute. Um I use the thieving magpie in it, uh, which is a piece of classical music, which is used heavily in Clockwork Orange. I use a lot of music from The Shining in it. Hmm. A lot of music from The Evil Dead in it, too, actually. Well, like, uh, Rob Zombie really does that, too, because, you know, he's supposed to make that movie about Groucho Marx, and, like, the whole Firefly family is based on Marx characters. That's true, yeah. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. No, and, like... Not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. It's just in retrospect, I was like, "Wow, literally everything in that script is like this is what I like, and it's going in the movie." <laughs> and normally, like, I find myself I'll focus one character on it, and then I'll like I'll just do very certain aspects of my personality, so it's not quite outright. But it's like, you know, I feel like it, when I when I focus it in on one person like that, it makes it easier to just sort of develop other characters around it. That's like not just me, you mm. know. That's like a little bit more involved. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, it's it's fun writing. It is. It, writing has always been my favorite part of the filmmaking process because at the at in the writing stage, unless like you're like, because obviously none of us are Hollywood level, but in the writing yeah. stage, you can really be as unbridled as you want, and then figure yeah. it out later when mm-hmm. you need to reel it in for budgetary reasons or whatever else, whether like you need to cut something out for time constraints or you can't afford it. Yeah. But writing is as pure as writing is as pure as the project is going to be mm-hmm. uh, for what, better or worse. <laughs> I, I really like starting with like a novel format because I know a novel, like I'm maybe I'll never finish a novel ever. Um, but it's like, it feels like a good way for me to start because then the producer in me can look at it and then just sort of adapt it into a screenplay from there. Because it's like every time I read something that I really like, I'm just like, oh, this would be a really cool film. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, Clive Barker's The Life of Death. If I could ever adapt that into a fucking film, I would lose it. (laughs) But it's like just this like tiny like novella, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's that's a fun process for me is like starting out as like this story that just it exists on paper so if you can't do it realistically on camera like it still exists in in you the purest form as you kind of said which i really like i'm curious to know like what your stand like what your 
I'm trying to figure think about how to phrase this question. Like, gotcha. Like, uh, where do you begin in the process of writing horror? Is it like something that scares you? Is it the idea itself? Like, sometimes it's like I'll develop something from a nightmare. Uh-huh. Um, which that happens pretty often because I have nightmares all the time because I'm, I don't know, probably because I, re- I read and write horror all the time and, and, and watch movies. But, um, it normally starts as like a vague idea that I think would be cool to see. And then normally that'll just sort of form into a storyline. And then as the storyline forms, the characters just sort of like fall into place. Okay. Cause it's like, I know a lot of people who sort of like know their characters before they know the story or mm-hmm. they'll have like the characters and the, the like vague idea already. But to me, that makes it a little... Like, it just doesn't flow for me. I don't know. Gotcha. Gotcha. But. Oh. This was, unfortunately, we are going to need to wrap this up. But we, I want to put a pin in this conversation. I'd like to revisit yeah, this conversation in right. another, I have, another I have episode. Three more pages. Yeah, save those pages. I, I would like, I would I like to revisit this conversation because I feel like we've just scratched the surface on everyone's writing process. But we do, unfortunately, need to wrap things up. Thank you all for tuning in. JoLynn, thank you always for being here. My pleasure. Graham, always a pleasure. (laughs) And as always, it was my pleasure as well, I guess. So, my groovy (laughs) ghoulies, uh, we return to our coffins uh, and wait for the sun to dip back below the horizon so we can return and terrorize the streets once night has fallen again. Have a groovy evening. See you next month. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Stay warm. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 418 to 420 in stores only. Excludes in store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two day only deals. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now. Get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 418 to 420 in stores only. Excludes in store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two-day only deals.